This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Tonight, I want to uh, uh, talk to you guys about faith in crisis. Kind of the title of my message is Faith in Crisis, Sustaining Grace. Sustaining Grace. How many of you guys in your lives need grace? Or is it just me? No, I think everybody that's in here needs grace. I know, you know, when I'm out driving and uh, I'm tempted to, you know, maybe honk or put my fist in the air, somebody that pulled out in front of me, I usually abstain. Because why? Because I've probably done the same thing to people. I've probably inadvertently pulled out in front of them and I'm sowing seed, you know, and... uh, and so, you know, when it comes to grace, like in, in today's day and age, I mean, with everything that's going on, you know, I, uh, here recently I was driving down the road and it's just like, I just felt like I'm just going to keep on driving, you know, because it was just one of those days where it's like, maybe I should just keep on driving, you know, and, and with everything that's going on with the pressure and the tension and, uh, you know, the anxiety and we see people that have fear, um, you know, there's people that are thinking thoughts like, I just can't take this, or, you know, I'm at the last knot in the rope, and I can't, I can't do this anymore, and uh, I mean, it's, it's the, the gamut of feelings, you know, and we can, we can minimize this, this grace, but I mean, there's just, there's just times in our lives where, um, where, where we need this grace, and I want to look at this tonight because I've, you know, for me personally, it's, uh, um, you know, for instance, here recently we were uh, trying to go to the store, and every time I go to the store, it's like closed. And it's like, how, how am I supposed to buy something from this store if it's closed? You know, it's like, what a terrible business model. I can't believe that they're still in business. You know, and this is what I'm saying to myself, you know, and, and I know that that's, okay, Brian, don't be so stressed about, uh, you know, a store not being open on your time frame, but, but seriously, you know, I mean, those are some of the things that we deal with. And so it doesn't matter if it's relationships, uh, it could be your marriage, it could be your kids, it could be um, just certain things that frustrate you and where it is that you're at in life. It's like, man, I'm just, I, I'm at my last, at, I'm at the end of the rope and I don't know what to do. And so tonight I just thought we'd spend some time looking at what the Word of God says. Because here's the reality of it. I, I don't have, uh, you know, it's not man's wisdom that's going to help you. It's God's grace. And, and really, as I, I was preparing tonight for this, you know, it's so true that, that the Holy Spirit wants to speak something to you. And so, you know, my prayer is, is that, that you will just look at the scriptures that we're going to look at tonight and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, no matter where you're at on that spectrum. You know, maybe you're at the end of your rope. Maybe you, you know, life has really, really uh, dealt you some blows, but maybe you're on, you're on the other end of the spectrum and you're like, oh, no, life's good. I'm doing, doing real good. I don't know where you're at. So let's pray and then we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you tonight and we just thank you, Father, for our time uh, here. And Father, I just pray that, Lord, where I leave off, Lord, I just pray that the Holy Spirit will pick up. I thank you, Father God, for each and every person that's here uh, in this place and on Facebook and, and on YouTube, Father. And I just pray, Lord, that no matter when they're listening to this, I thank you, Father God, that you and the Holy Spirit will help them. You'll show them. You'll instruct them and, and give them the wisdom that they need concerning their life. And we thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So the title of my message is Sustaining Grace, and uh, I, I thought that, you know, we would look at the, the definition of sustain. You know, the definition of sustain is to give support or relief to, to supply with uh, sustenance, nourish, 
keep up, prolong, uh, to support the weight of, um, to carry or withstand uh, the weight or the pressure or to bear up under. So that's really the definition of sustain. And so, uh, you know, when it comes to God's power, that's what God's power does in our life. That's what God's grace does in our life is it sustains us. It, he, his sustaining power and strength is there if we will just tap into it. You know, and a lot of people, it's like, you know, we, we say, man, I'm just tapped out. You know, I can remember wrestling with my brother, Greg, and, uh, you know, it's like tapping out. Like, you know, he had all these moves. It's like I tap out because it's like I, I need to be done. You know, he's hurting my arm. He's got it back behind my back, you know, and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm done. And sometimes I think that that's what we need to do as believers. It's like we need to tap into, tap out of our own strength and tap into the, this, this strength, this power, this sustaining grace that God has for our lives. And I think the myth that, that a lot of times that we, uh, uh, the myth that's kind of out there when it comes to believers is, is that Christians don't, they don't have bad days, or, or they don't have struggles, or they're not going to have problems, and, but that's a myth. It's, it's, it's a uh, and we'll look at this here uh, in the life of Paul, if you guys want to turn in your Bibles. Actually, we're not going to read it, but many of you guys remember the life of Paul in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through 28. And, and what it does is, as Paul is talking about, and it's in your notes there, and you can refer to it later, but you know, uh, it talks about what this man went through in his life and in his ministry. And, and I'll just hit some of the high points here, but you know, he was put into prison. You know, he was whipped uh, times without number. Uh, he faced death time and time again. Five different times, he took 39 uh, lashes. Three different times, he was beaten with rods. One time, he was stoned. One time, he was shipwrecked. Three times, he was shipwrecked. You know, one time, he was adrift at sea. You know, so this man... He understood hardship. He understood uh, challenges in life. He understood what it meant to be persecuted against. And so uh, what a great example that we have and that we can look at tonight uh, when it comes to this idea of grace in our lives. So if you're taking notes, uh, in your notes there, number one, grace in God. Grace is God's empowering us to accomplish what we couldn't do on our own. So that's what God's grace is. God's grace is empowering us to accomplish what we couldn't do on our own. And so that's really the key here is, is, is empowering us. That's what God is doing and his grace does is it empowers us in our lives. You know, I can remember uh, back in the day, my dad always said, you know, uh, when it came to the course of my life and, and moving forward, he's like, he said, it's like a car without power steering. He said, you need to move forward. And, and many of you guys remember the old cars that didn't have power steering. If that car was sitting still, right, you could barely turn the wheel. But if that, that car began to move, then you could turn the wheel. And the same thing is true when it comes to his grace is, is that it empowers us and it enables God to work uh, through us, through our lives. You know, it's, and I think that that's kind of the misconception sometimes with believers is it's like, well, I'm just waiting on God. I'm just waiting on God to do something. When in reality, when it comes to his grace, he's waiting on us to empower us, just as we're looking at here. He wants to empower us in our lives and whatever it is that we're dealing with. So what is, what is God's grace? God's grace is an unearned, undeserved, and an unmerited favor. It's unearned, it's undeserved, 
and it's unmerited. What does that mean? That mean, that tells me that, that I have nothing to do with it, right? It's not what I do. It's not the, the, the accomplish, accomplishments that I've done. It's not if I'm living right or not. No, it's unearned, it's undeserved, and it's unmerited favor that God brings into our lives. And it's God's love for us in action. It, it is its strength from within. We're talking about strength that he brings within us. It's not strength from the outside. No, the, the, the grace of God is strength that is from within. And, you know, when we look at uh, uh, Paul's life, you know, we, we, we kind of looked at some of the things that he went through. But one of the examples that came to me was, uh, you know, in Paul's learning curve when it came to this idea of grace was when he had the thorn in the flesh. And so we're going to look at that. If you guys have a device or a Bible, you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And we're going to look at this and just read a couple scriptures here uh, as we go down through this. It says, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, uh, so to keep me from becoming proud, I've given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan, to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. And, and you know, sometimes this verse of Scripture is kind of uh, argued amongst Christians as to what it exactly was that it was meant. But I think at the end of the day, you know, the end of the day, it was a messenger of Satan that was sent to Paul. It was an evil spirit. It was, it was uh, incite uh, harassment and abuse and torment on Paul's life. And so at the end of the day, it was just an attack on his life. But verse 8 says it this way, three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Three times. How many of you guys in here have ever begged the Lord to take something from your life? Am I the only one? It's like, oh, Father in heaven, help me. Help me, Jesus, right? And, and unfortunately, probably those aren't maybe real faith-filled prayers, right? Uh, but, but hey, I'm encouraged by the fact that Paul, three different times he begged the Lord. You know, so hey, Paul wrote a, a, a large majority of the New Testament. He was a great man of God, used by the Holy Spirit. So if I beg and I, I complain a little bit, I guess I'm in good standing and I'm with Paul, you know. But it goes on to say, in verse 9, it says, you know, we're, we're looking at verse 9 and what, what his... Um, what the Lord's response was. And it says, each time he said... My grace is all that you need. It goes on to say, my power, right here, my power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work in me. Isn't that amazing that, that Paul here is have, has this thorn of, in the flesh, this attack of the enemy, and this guy is, is excited about it, and he's, he, he, you know, he's, he's looking at it, and he's realizing, man, when I'm weak, that's when God's grace really, really, you know, kicks in. And I think that sometimes in society, you know, it's like, it's like we're, trained, um, uh, we're trained to not show other people our weaknesses. We're trained to not let the cat out of the bag when we're dealing with things. And we're, 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 we, we just don't, we're not transparent and we don't tell people things. And, but, but the reality of it is, is I think that we need to have people in our lives that we can be tra transparent with that we can talk to them, we can go to them, and we can share our struggles, share our, our, our problems, and, 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 and you know, gain strength from them. But unfortunately, it's like, oh man, I just don't want people to know that there's a crack in my armor. But the reality of it is, is that when we're transparent with God, that's when God can move in our lives. I like what the Amplified Bible says here in verse 9. It says, but he said to me, my grace, right here, my favor, 
And my loving kindness and mercy is enough for you. I don't know about you, but we could just kind of like bask in that right now. That, that his grace and his favor is enough for you and I. It's sufficient against any danger. And it enables you to bear the trouble manfully. I don't know what that means, but at the end of the day, it enables us to bear the trouble. And that's what we need to, to hang our hat on. That's what our faith needs to be in. That, that no matter what we're going through in life, God is sufficient and he's going, to, he's going to be with us. And so God shows up when we say that we can't do it and we need his help. That's when he truly shows up. And so, you know, we need to catch this, that the, that the thorn uh, uh, was Satan's power directed against Paul, but grace was God's power released through Paul. So that's the, that's the thing that we need to remember in our lives, that you know what, the, the enemy's going to bring some stuff against us, against our lives, you know, whether it be our kids, whether it be our health, whether it be our marriage, whether it be our job, it doesn't really matter. He's going to bring some of those things against us, but the, but the reality of it is, is are we, are we depending on the grace of God that's released through us? And that's really, that's really my hope that you guys get tonight. So what is God saying is, is he's saying that my power is working in you on your behalf. The power that's working in you and on your behalf is greater than the power of the enemy. It's, and it's just like that verse of scripture says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so we have to, we have to know that. We have to, I just, you know, as I was getting prepared for today, I was just, I was thinking about that, that my power working in you and on your behalf is greater than the power of the enemy. So no matter what you're going through, the power that's working in you and on your behalf is greater than the power of the enemy. I don't know about you, but that's a, good, uh, that's a good promise to me. Verse 10, it goes on to say, that is why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults and in the, in the hardships and in the persecution. Anybody in here had hardships? Anybody in here had persecutions, right? And the troubles that I suffer for Christ, for when I am weak, right? This is, this is, the, money, this is the money part, for when I am weak, then am I strong. So you might be at that point in your life where it's like, dear God in heaven, I am so weak. You might be at the end of your rope. You might be saying, I am so weak. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. I, I, I've tried everything. That's exactly where you need to be in order to receive God's sustaining grace in your life. And I don't know about you, but that's pretty awesome. And so when we're weak in ourselves, that is when we can tap into the grace and he strengthens us and he empowers us and he, and he fulfills his will in our lives. And so number two in your notes there, it says that grace is doing life through God's ability and not your own. God, grace is doing life through God's ability and not our own. You know, and so you know, we, have to, we just have to get to that place where it's like, you know what? I can't do this on my own. I don't know how to do this on my own. And that, that place is okay because it's like at that point, it's like, okay, this is where, you know, it's kind of like I prayed at the very beginning of the service. It's like, Lord, I'm, I'm going to leave off at one point, right? My, my speaking ability only goes about so far. <laughs> God, then you got to pick up because these people came for something and I don't want to leave them hanging, right? 
And so in our lives, it's like we have to just get to that place like, well, hey, man, I'm not perfect. I'm weak in areas. And I believe that where I, where I leave off, man, you're going to pick up. And so uh, that's where we need to have our faith is remembering God's grace works through us and change the way that we see and what it is that we look at. I was just, you know, here, uh, one of the last services with youth, I was talking about walking across my lawn and I got this big dead spot in it. And a lot of times, you know, you, you have a tendency to kind of look at these spots or look at these things in your life and you fix, fixate on them and you begin to meditate on them and you, and you allow them to steal your joy. You know, and it's like, man, I'm not going to do that. Lord, I just thank you for everything that, you ha- that I have. And so I just got my eyes off of that. And that's what we need to do is change what it is that we're looking at. Because in, in today's day and age, things look pretty grim. Things that, you know, you turn on the, the news and it's like, wow, you know, whatever it is, you know, it could be the news, it could be social media, it could be the debate, whatever. It looks pretty grim. But, but that's not, we, ha- we can't fix our eyes on, on what the world's doing and where they're going and all that. No, we need to fix our eyes on him and what it is that he wants to do for us because he wants to sustain us. He wants to support us. He wants to bring the supply. He wants to bring the nourishment and the strength that only he can give uh, from the inside out. And so Philippians uh, 4.13 says it this way in the Amplified. It's, I think it's there in your notes. It says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me, right? I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him. So I don't know what it is that you're facing. It could be great. It could be small. But this verse of scripture is, is making the promise to you that, you that you're ready for anything, no matter what it is you're facing, that grace in your life, it, it makes it so that you are uh, ready for it and equal to anything through him. It goes on to say here, uh, uh, who infuses inner strength into me, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. And so you might say, God, I need your grace today. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's with your boss. Maybe it's with your spouse. Maybe it's with your kids. Uh, maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's with a, an extended relative. I don't know what it is, but you got to say, you got to go to God. And you got to say, God, I'm, I'm at my, I'm at the end here and I need, I need your grace in this circumstance. I release the spirit of grace and strength and power in my life. And I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Here's some uh, uh, additional scriptures that kind of go along with this. Psalms 29, 11 says, uh, the Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. The next one. God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. And that's a great uh, one. And then one more here. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. So I don't know about you, but I think that covers pretty much everything. And those are some great promises to us when it comes to that. So number three, grace is available to all who ask. You got to ask. What's the Bible says? You have not because you ask not. So we just have to go to God honestly because, you know, the reality of it is, is that he already knows what it is that we're dealing with. But he says you have to come and you have to ask. Hebrews 4.15 says it this way, the high priest of our understanding uh, understands our weakness for he faced all of the same tests that we do, yet he did not sin. It goes on to say, so let us come boldly 
to the throne of graciousness, or grace in some translation, that, there, that, that we will receive His mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. So that's, that's uh, you know, um, just to kind of play off of that a little bit, we have to go boldly. We have to say, you know what? The Word of God tells me that in my time of need, when I need it the most, I have to go boldly. I have to, you know, I can't, I, can't, I don't need to question, oh, did I, did I do something wrong? Did I say something wrong? No, He tells us to run to His grace. Run to Him and say, Lord, I'm crying out to You and I need Your help. That's what He's calling us to do is come boldly and in, invite him into your situation so i want to go over just you know as we bring this thing to a close three keys that will help you to grow in grace you know and when it comes to grace i kind of think about it as a water a water faucet you know in my in our house that we built here a few years back that's probably one of the biggest disappointments that i have is because when i go out to wash my car you know when you need when you wash car right you got to have a lot of pressure right? Why? Because you don't want the suds, the suds to dry on the dark car, and then you got soap spots, you know, and, and you need a lot of pressure to get the soap off in a timely manner. I know some of you guys are looking at me like, you really don't care, and you'll drive through a car wash, and you're like, what is this guy talking about? Why would you even wash it in your driveway? Well, I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, that maybe your wife or your husband says, you know, you never detail my car, and so you go out there and you do it. I got to look back there, so that's happened in their, in their life too. <clears throat> So anyway, water pressure. So the thing that you got to realize is, is like out here, uh, when you guys leave tonight, if you want to drive over by our shop, we have this hydrant. And I'm telling you what, when you turn on this valve, you better be holding on to the hose with both hands. Why? Because I've done it before. You're kind of like, you know, you, you pull up the thing, and the next thing you know, it's loose, it's whipping you in the face, the shins, and you're getting wet. Why? Because there's a ton of pressure right? There's an ample supply of water and pressure. And the same thing is true with God's grace. There is an ample supply of God's, uh, of his grace in our lives, an ample supply, but it comes down to the valve, right? So there's a valve, like we can, you can set that valve. Okay, I just want to dribble, 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 dribble for the plants. I don't want to blow things away. Or man, I want to blow things away. So you open that sucker up, right? The same thing is true in our lives when it comes to grace. We control the valve. So if you want just a little dribble, 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 shut the valve down, right? If you want a lot, you got to open it up. And so here are three things that we do in order to open up God's, gra or God's grace in our lives. Number one, uh, in your notes, it says grow in faith. We have to grow in faith. Grace functions by faith in our lives. The greater our faith, the greater the flow of his grace in our lives. Romans 5, 1 uh, through 2 says it this way. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Next verse. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place of undeserving privilege, right? Now, it doesn't say grace in there, but undeserving privilege, we looked at the, what the definition of grace was at the beginning, which was unmerited favor, did we not? So you could kind of put that in there, safely say that, you know, when he's brought us to this place of grace or undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. And so, you know, when we think about this undeserved privilege, I can think about my dad's shop, 
right? My dad's shop is full of tools of every kind. You know, tractors, mowers, he just kind of keeps stuff and just adds it up and puts it on the shelf, right? He's got a dorm fridge there and it's got Dr. Pepper and Pepsi. It's got water. It's got Almond Joys. It's got Snickers. It's got everything. And then in the other room, there's a wood shop and there's sanders and there's belt sanders and there's nailers and there's everything you need, right? And because of unmerited favor, I can just, I go in, punch in the code. I go in, I take whatever I want. There's never a point in time where I think to myself, man, I don't know if I should be in here. Man, I don't know if I should eat these Almond Joys. No, I eat every single one of them, right? I stick them in my pockets. You ask my wife, she does my laundry. It's like, where'd all these Snickers, or where'd all these wrappers come from? I was out of dad's shop, right? And so it's the unmerited favor. Now, you, now, you know, anybody that's in here, you can't just waltz in there and take all the Almond Joys or take the air guns. Why? Because you don't have the unmerited favor of being the son, right? But... When it comes to the things of God, each and every person that's in here, you guys are what? Sons and daughters of God. So you have unmerited favor. What does that mean? We just got done looking at the fact that you can go boldly to the throne of grace. God, I need your help. God, I need, you know, I need finances. God, I need, uh, I need health and wholeness. God, I need your, your guidance in this situation, and he's going to give it to you. Because of why? Because you're opening up, you're taking the faith, that, that, that valve of faith, and you're opening it up in your life, and God's saying, and he's pouring that grace into your life because of undeserved privilege. And so the NIV version says it this way, that we have gained access by faith into grace in which we now stand. So each and every person that's in here tonight stands in this place of undeserved privilege because you've gained at, and you gain your access through faith. Uh, our faith is what gives us the access. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 10 says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Most uh, other translations say, for, for the grace that you have been saved is through faith. The Amplified says it this way, for it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. What a great, great promise to us. So in your notes there, uh, grace is God's hand extended to us. Grace is God's hand extended to us. Faith is our trusting hand put into his. So what do I mean by that? It's saying, God, you know, I want you to help me. It's like you're putting your hand out and you're saying, God, I want you to help me. Uh, this would have been, Will just turned six. And I would say that Will was about two years old. And if you guys, anybody in here that knows a two-year-old, they're not real tall and they have little inseams right? Well, one year we had this cornfield that was out behind our house, and I'll never forget it because, you know, God just really showed me something uh, in this moment when we were out there, and, and Emily was out there with a friend, and they had ran out, out into this cornfield, and, you know, Emily's quite a bit older, and her friend's quite a bit older, so, you know, their inseams are big enough, and they're trucking out to the field. So, Will, you know, he's, he's a strong-willed young man, and so, you know, he's wanting to walk out there and he's walking and you can tell he's getting tired and he's frustrated because he wants to be out there with Emily and, and her friend. 
And I'm, you know, as a dad, I'm just kind of following him, making sure he doesn't, you know, fall over and get impaled on a, on a corn stalk. And I'm just, just, just kind of walking behind him, you know, and, and uh, he, he couldn't get out there. But finally, I was just like, you know, it was actually, I think maybe one of the other kids came out on the deck and said, hey, it's, it's time to eat. And so I said, hey, uh, Will, I'm, we're going to go back. And oh, man, I mean, it went from, it went from whining to crying in a hurry. I mean, like, he's screaming. He's like, didn't, he didn't want to do it because he wanted to go play with them, but now it's got to go back, but now I'm really tired, right? So, so he, was, he was complaining, you know, like a two-year-old two, two would. And I, and I was standing about 10, 10 feet, 12 feet away from him, and I said, son, I'm going to go. I'm going this way. I don't care what you do. You can go that way and, and then walk yourself back, or you can come with me. I'll pick you up. I'll carry you. And he said, oh, okay, I want to go with you, you know, from about 10 feet away. You know, and I said, okay, well, come on. You know, because it's like I've already walked, you know, 50 yards. I didn't want to walk another 10. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, no, come on. So he's, you know, and so I picked him up, you know, and I threw him on my shoulders and I started walking back to the house. And, and God just said to me, he said, you know, that's how you are sometimes. I was like, oh, shoot. Where we, where, I, where we complain, right? We don't, you know, we think we, we want to do it our way. We want to go our way. We want to do our thing. I want to go out there and I want to play with my sisters, you know, or whatever it is. And, and God say, no, I'm coming. I'm going this way. And if you want to go, I'll put you up on my shoulder and the ride will be easy. And, and, and so that stuck with me, and it stuck with me for, for years because it's like, you know, if, if we'll just get into this, the, the vein or get into that grace where we surrender our lives and we give up the, the effort that we're trying to, you know, make things happen and, and make it happen and fix it and it, we fail and we, you know, all of those things, if we'll just tap into, right, the grace that God has given to us, he'll throw us up on his shoulder and, and, the, and the ride will be simple It'll be easy, It'll be, there'll be grace, there'll be provision, there'll be everything that is that we need if we'll just kind of tap in to what it is that he wants and where it is that he's going in our lives. But a lot of times, we're like Will. It's like, man, I don't want to go over there. I don't want to do that. I want to go over here and do this, you know? Come with me, and we kind of want God to come with us, right, and bless what it is that we're trying to do. And all the while, like, Lord's, the, the Lord's like, listen, man, my path is awesome, and it's easy, and it's light, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm going to be there for you. And so I guess my encouragement to you in that is, is that, you know, just as I made the point, grace is God's hand extending out to us, and faith is our trusting him back. The next point there is, is that grace is God granting the provision while faith enables man to access the provision. So the key here is, is that the same grace through faith that saved us is the same grace that is available to us on a daily basis to strengthen and empower us. It's the same thing. The same, same grace that saved us is the same grace that will strengthen us and empower us. But I think that what happens a lot of times is, is that we don't depend on it. We're like, ah, I got this, God. We don't really care, you know. We, we think, ah, it's just too simple. When in reality, he wants it all. And so how do we get, you know, how do we get through life? How do we, you know, how do we get through the situations that we find ourselves in? We do it through his grace. Grace is, uh, if I could say it this way, grace is I will provide, right? God says I will provide my grace and faith says I receive it. And so it's, it's kind of like 
God is offering us grace, and our faith is an action of taking, taking what it is that he has given to us. So number two, grow in your knowledge of God. 2 Peter 1, 2 says it this way. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow into your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. You know, knowledge is, is, is really defined as full knowledge, more than accumulation of facts, right? So you could have knowledge but not really know something. So like, for instance, if I were to write a biography about my life and you know, I could have all of the details and you guys could read it and you'd be amazed and you'd be like, wow, that Brian, he's really amazing and there's a lot of cool things in there, right? But you still don't really, really know me, right? Like I can sit at our counter and Rachel's, you know, we're talking about the day and maybe she's washing dishes and I'm sitting there talking to her and if I sigh, she knows something's wrong. What's wrong? What's wrong, Brian? Oh, nothing. Nothing's wrong. No, 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 no. I know you. And I know when you make that noise, there's something wrong. Why? Because she knows me. And so the same thing is true when it comes to our, our knowledge of God. Like we can have a lot of knowledge of, of, of all the facts and what Jesus did and what Paul did, but do we really know him? And that's really what it is, you know, that he's inviting us to do. It says in Philippians 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 8, it says it this way. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for uh, his sake. I've discarded everything, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count myself uh, my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become, uh, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's ways of uh, making us right with himself depends on faith. It goes on to say, I want to know Christ. And I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him and share his death so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. So I don't know about you, it's, it's more than just knowing facts about God. We need, to, we need to strive to really know who God is. And, 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 and likewise, he needs to know who it is that we are. And when we do that, and when we look to that, and when we, we strive for that every single day, that's when we truly experience what it is that God wants us to experience, and we experience him in a great way. And then number three, we need to grow in humility. Oh, yes, humility. You guys remember that story I, I told you here a little bit earlier, but, you know, back in the day, when Greg uh, and I were growing up, for many, many years, I could take him. No problems. I mean, I was stronger. I was bigger. I was better looking. All of the things that you could say, and I could take him. And I was confident. I was like, no problem, man. I just slap him, slap him around, you know, or whatever it is that needed to be done. I would do it. But there came a day where we ended up in a wrestling match, and he got me. And I realized at that point that my reign was over. <laughs> and uh, he had me in a position that I don't even really know what it was. I felt like I was in some kind of a knot, right? And, uh, but that's when humility entered my life. That's where I was humbled as a young teenager, you know? And, and, uh, and so the question is, is like, you know, Maybe, maybe you're at that spot where it's like, you know, you got your arm up behind your back. Maybe you got two of them and, you know, you're, you're, you're try, trying to tap out, right? Or, or sometimes when you wrestle, it's like, uncle, uncle, right? I'm out. I, I give up. 
You know, we got to put down the, the cape. We got to put down the, the, the uh, you know, the shield that we have because we think we're, we're something super and humble ourselves. Look at what it says here in James. It says in James 4, 6, it says, and he gives grace generously, as the scripture says, that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, right? That's what we're talking about tonight, is sustaining grace. We want his grace in our lives. Well, if we want to open up that valve, so to speak, in our lives, we have to be humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And so we, need, we, we have to just, you know, come to that place where it's like humbly before God, you know what, Lord, I can't do this all myself. I can't fix this. I've tried this. I can't fix this person or I can't fix myself and I need your help. And that's when we just, we just pour our heart out to God and we go to, we go to God and we just humbly say, you know what, Lord, I humbly tell you that, that I need your help and I invite you into this situation. And that's when it's that time when you humble yourselves where he can come in and he can bring that help and he can bring that strength that he wants to give you. And so I like what Dwight L. Moody says. He says it this way. He said that God sends no one away empty except those who are full of themselves. So in our lives, you know, no matter what's going on, um, you know, if you're empty, if you're struggling, you know, it's kind of like, you know, this, this, this uh, quote says, if you are empty, Maybe that's, maybe that's where you're at and you need to you know, come to that place of humility in your lives. I want to I just show you one more scripture and it's found in John 12, 46. Look what this says. It says, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain dark. And I should have I bolded that. Because, you know, even as believers in, in, in life, sometimes, you know, when it comes to any situation that you're dealing with, I, just name one. You know, you, you're in that place where it's like, it's dark. It's, there, there's no answer. It's like, what, what is going on? Why, why, you know, and there's confusion, there's frustration, there's all of these things. But he, he's just saying, listen, man, if you'll just come to me, I will shine a light into that situation. And really, you know, at the end of the day, that's what his grace, his sustaining grace will do in your life is it will shine a light into your situation and it will just bring great comfort and great blessing to your life. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you tonight. And Father, we just thank you for your grace in our lives, Lord. And I just pray, Father, that as we leave this place, as we, as we go out into our lives, Lord, uh, Father, I, you know, if... if Maybe, we're, maybe there's somebody in here that they're at their end of the rope. I don't know. And maybe there's the person that's maybe not walking in humility and not, and not uh, uh, tapping into that grace that you supply. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you uh, would, would come to them, that the Holy Spirit would show them what it is that they need to do. Father, I just pray that in their quiet time that they would just pour themselves out to you, Father, and humble themselves to you. And I thank you, Father God, that when they do that, that you will invade their situation and you will help their situation and, and you will show them day after day what it is that they need to do. And I just thank you, Father God, for that grace, that strength, that ability that you want to bring into their lives, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that as they obey and as they begin to take the steps, Father God, to trust in you and to open up your grace in their lives, Lord, that they will undeniably know that you love them and that you care for them. 
And we thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.